Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, where we discuss meaningful business topics to add value to your efforts. Titus Bartolotta is a certified business coach that's often hired for one-on-one coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, here's your host, Titus Bartolotta. This is Solution from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. I am so excited, so grateful that you're here with me. Uh, listen, you could be listening to and watching and participating in anything, especially with some of the downtime that you have in this whole COVID-19 season. And so for you to take some time to watch or listen to this show is really, really special. Maybe you're catching it live right here in the Queen City on ESPN Charlotte, or maybe you're checking out our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We don't care how you came to find the show. We're just glad you're here. So thanks for being here. Uh, I have a really exceptional guest today. Before we get to him, we like to start the show the same way every time uh, we ask you to join us. So here we go. Lord, we give you glory and honor for all things. We ask that you would bless this show. Uh, our guests, our sponsors, just everyone involved. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Okay, guys, here's who we got today. Uh, and, and I can't wait until, because if you're watching this, if you're listening, then you can't tell. But if you're watching this, Zoom goes back and forth. So when he starts to talk, you're going to see the grizzly beard that this man has. I mean, he, he, he is, normally he's got like this clean shave, but COVID-19, we all got extra facial hair now. But we've got my good friend, Mike Hagee, on the program. He is an exceptional business leader, a phenomenal community leader. He volunteers for just about everything that there's an opportunity to volunteer for. Uh, he's a published author. Uh, he's won more awards than I'm going to go over and count, but some, some really big magazines like Top Agent Magazine said that he was one of the best of the best. And, and we're really excited to have him. He's also a radio show host. He co-hosts Charlotte uh, real, uh, real Estate Talks. And so we've got him and he's really amazing. I was on his program recently and, and I, I was a little jealous because I was like, man, this guy's a better host than me. Um, but I decided to put my jealousy to the side and have him on the program, even though he's going to show me up, would you help me welcome our guest, Mr. Mike Hagee? Wow, man, that is the best tee up I, I think I've, I've just like ever heard. So no jealousy aside, brother, we are, we are brothers from a different mother and I'm glad to be on the program. I'm glad to be talking to your audience a little bit today. I think we, you know, we both live and work and reside in this North Charlotte Huntersville area. We love it. We live it. And we're here to help, you know, spread the good joy around the, around the community and hopefully to this audience that's listening today. So thank you very much for the time. Allow me to be here. No, absolutely. So here's what I want to do. I want you to kind of tell us a little bit about your background, kind of where you came from. I know that um, you've got a background in nursing, um, caring for people. You've got a background in, in, in just being around hospitals and medicine. And maybe that might uh, kind of give you a perspective relative to all the COVID-19 stuff that's going on because you were in that industry but would you help our audience just know you better? Because if they don't already know you, at the end of this show, they're going to fall in love you, in love with you, like I am. Well, I, I, thank you very much. So I'm Mike Hagee. I'm a native Charlotte And how many of, of of those can we say? Oh my gosh, you grew up in the Queen City, and you know you're from Charlotte when you remember the Penguin and you remember Anderson's pecan pie. Hey, remember, I can name drop. I can keep going. There's a video to to come down the pipeline of that. But do you know you're from Charlotte when X Y Z? So growing up in the city, I, you know, went to West Charlotte and East Mech. So I literally grew up kind of around the city and saw everything that uh, that we thought was going to hang on from a historical perspective to get bulldozed, you know, lots of change uh, around my parents' house currently in, in near uptown. I mean, all 360 has been bulldozed. They're like the last of the Mohicans on a hill. 
So my perspective growing up was getting to know people from different walks of life and different backgrounds. I think that kind of planted the seed early on where I wanted to help people. I didn't know how, I didn't know why, I didn't, I didn't have that greater purpose. Um, along the way in college, like many people, I'm trying to figure things out. And I thought pre-med was kind of the path for me. And so I started taking pre-medical classes, started thinking down the long-term road. Um, and then somewhere down the, the way, I realized, you know, it's a long path to be a physician. It's a long path, um, you know, of debt and kind of getting, and I admire all the physicians. I have many friends and colleagues today. Um, I just felt like in my calling at the time, started deviating into a different path. And along the way, nursing came about because it was just a quicker path to get into the pathway of helping people. So along the way, became a nurse um, and went, you know, ultimately to work for one of the largest uh, level one trauma centers in our area, CMC Maine, as it were, uh, is now known as Atrium Health. Uh, but, you know, that was a, a very busy, chaotic uh, time period in my life, as well as in general in the environment. And so as much as I loved helping people, I'm not sure I could say honestly with any steadfast certainty that, okay, 20 years from now, I'm going to still love this. Um, I think at some point, working nights, kind of on that adrenaline high and helping people, level one trauma center, everything from gunshots to strokes to heart attacks to you name it, you'd see it. And uh, I realized that fast-paced environment lent itself to when the moments of clarity when I'd leave the hospital, it was like, am I really called to be doing this? Is this God's work for me right now in my life for long term? And I think over time, I had a friend of mine in real estate, and uh, what I would really, I read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I love the concept of when you trade time for money, you ultimately, you're in a job and that's, that's what you're doing, you're devoting. What about the way, is there a different way? I never, I never stop to think about that way. And I met some friends along the way that had a successful real estate practice and they were doing exactly that, the opposite of that. They had built a business, built an operations and they had a passive income stream. And I, I was aspiring to do the same track and this is 15 years ago. So along the way, I entered, entered into the real estate business. I was mentored by some of the top brokerages uh, or people in that brokerage at the time in Charlotte. And they were known for these estates in Myers Park and South Park and really high-end affluent properties and areas. And I was the guy that said, you know, anywhere you have a deal, I want to go. I want to learn. I'm not here for the transaction. I'm here to learn. I want to learn the process. I want to learn how to help people in a better way, deepen those relationships, making them more meaningful. And along the way, just kind of threw myself into the learning aspect. Um, so along the way, that's really what kind of groomed me and prepped me for this can't be it. There's got to be more. What else can I learn? Who else can I be around? Who else can I grow from? Who else can I learn from? And along the way became uh, a mentee, if you will, of uh, my business partner today, Scott Pridemore. And so he was originally, I walked in 15 years ago and he said, Mike, if you do this, this, and this, you, you could, you know, you could, you're going to do it. You're going to be successful at what you do. And so I just kind of, I, I just listened and I did. And I listened and I did. And then uh, we've talked about this four times. If I can help enough people get what they want, then ultimately, hopefully, you know, I can get what I'm looking for, which is the, the reward and satisfaction of knowing I did a, I've done a good job for someone. And in my industry, I, that's measured by the, the number of referrals that people have kept me in mind over the years. And in 15 years, about 90% of our business is all referral based, which means word of mouth. Uh, of course, we do a lot of community events and different things for, you know, just being out there and being visible. But, uh, you know, I love helping people, man. I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories and their journeys. And uh, I can relate to a lot of walks of life from different backgrounds. So um, along the way, you know, we have four kids. So I have an 18-year-old about to start college in Clemson. And I have a three-year-old that's in pull-ups. So, you know, it's, it's everything in the Hagee house, Titus. And what I want to tell you, it's like, you know, we got the college-age kid and we got the pull-ups. So it's, it's yeah. either, 
you know, it's, it's two, those two extremes. I absolutely love that. And, and what you leave out because you're so humble is you're just exceptionally successful relative to real estate. Let's just be honest. A lot of transactions, um, a lot of, a lot of homes, a lot of families being well served every single month, every single year. It's not one good year. It's not one good quarter. This has been a consistent behavior and everyone in the community knows that. Um, and yet I'm still hearing a man who has passion and humility, who's talking about, I still want to learn. How many entrepreneurs, how many people in our audience, and we get a lot of folks, Mike, and really not just in the Queen City. I mean, we got folks across the country that listen to this show and they are really trying to figure it out. Uh, we've got a lot of great, successful, already made it corporate people that listen too. But I would say more than 50% of our audience are the folks that are saying, I haven't seen the sun. I haven't seen the light at the end of the tunnel yet. And maybe I'm even, maybe I'm giving up, whether, whether they're an entrepreneur or they're a a uh, what we call a producer, right? And they're working for somebody in insurance, real estate, but they're going, man, I, I'm tired, I'm worn out and I don't have the success. And yet here's a guy who's put in the time, put in the energy, 15 plus years, absolutely crushing it. And yet you still have that same kind of men mentality and behavior of how can I serve? What can I learn? How do I get better? How do you get someone who's extremely stressed out and frustrated right now just to not give up and yet double down on that? That is a phenomenal question. And it's one that I think you have to ask yourself. It starts with as simple as a morning routine. And it, then it goes into habitual and practice and what you tell yourself and what you believe. And then it goes into what are your activities that you're focused on? And those are three different things, but it starts with, and I believe it sets the tone for between making the bed, between waking up early, between getting a bit of your meds in, your meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep, and monitoring that focus. And then really, you know, bleeding into like, what, what is your overall goal? Because I mean, if you have a big enough why, the how, it's part of the process, but if you have a big enough why, you can work through it. Um, I love uh, a gentleman by the name of David Goggins, and if you've never read his book, Can't Hurt Me, I mean, it's an incredible book, but it's a little salty language, just, you know, probably want to turn around with the kids uh, around, but uh, for those of you who don't know him, his background is very rough, and I love the overcomer. I love that idea, Titus, much like yourself, that where you start is where you start, but God's giving you natural raw talent. You can learn through it if you're willing, you're humble, and you're willing to work hard. That's it. And, you know, so his background is much like ours in that respect. And uh, he you know, took three times to make it through Navy SEAL training. But that grit, determination, and having such a fervent, hyper-focused, diligent effort on a daily basis to grind himself to get better, uh, you know, is just inspirational. And I think I gravitate to those stories because I think you never know where you're going if you remember where you've been. Mm. And so I remember where I've been. I never forget those moments of raising up and wishing we had a little bit more. I never forget those moments of having to, you know, have late nights working as a nurse and struggling to try to figure my path in, in uh, the real estate space in the beginning and mood lighting from that standpoint. You just don't, if you remember where you came from, you remember how hard you worked to get where you're at and you're not resting on your laurels, then you, you realize the frustration that you may be feeling is temporary. But the long-term play, if you will, is barreling through that even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like calling that prospect, or even when you don't feel like calling that person, or you know, or just being present and having a positive attitude, because anything could change if we shift our our mindset. I mean, that's a huge piece of this, and that's what we're talking about. From the moment my feet hit from the door or from out of the bed, 
I wake up and I pray to my God and I say, God, thank you for blessing me with breath in my lungs. Thank you for blessing me with a beautiful wife next to me and kids in the other room and a great family and a great home. What can I do today to be a better version of me? What have you blessed me with that I can give and I can bless with somebody else? If that's my mindset for the day, then a lot of things don't seem so stressful at that moment. Now, keep in mind, my background wasn't here on earth. So I saw the worst in humanity, Titus. I saw, you know, some really bad things in that environment, in the hospital setting, um, you know, from, from death to, you know, decay to a lot, a lot of things in life that the end of humanity, if you will, of that life cycle. And so when you have an experience like a stroke or a heart attack, and it's like the worst possible, you know, situation for a human being to undergo, uh, doesn't make it seem like our normal day-to-day problems are really that hard or that stressful. So my background helps me in the, to cope with the normal stressors of business and of life and of family, because I remember what it was like in those moments, you know, where I'm doing CPR on a patient and they're about to lose their life. That to me is a true emergency. So the emergency crisis of business is how do we survive? How do we get better? And how do we provide more value, not less value? So, mm-hmm. I mean, those are just some things that I have conceptually. Yeah. Um, probably never really maybe even shared those or vocalized those or articulated that. So thanks for pulling that out of me. It's sure. just something that came to me now. And, um, you know, hopefully that helps some folks out there that are listening. Yeah, there's no question that it will. Uh, here's the question I have. How do you um, how do you celebrate and enjoy the, the success and the wins, right? Because you seem so determined. You seem as though... You know, you mentioned to not rest on your laurels, right? To, to, to maybe not settle, but how can you still have satisfaction and rest and, and not just rest, but to rest in the truth that uh, what I've done has been pretty great. That's a hard one because I, it's, if you're constantly wanting to get better and grow, you never think that you've, you've done enough to some degree. And that's a, it's a blessing and probably a flaw because there's rest run cycles in general in life. And the best, if we're using athletes as an example, the best athletes in the world, they run hard when they're doing their performance and they're you know, tracked and measured and living up to that benchmark. But they also have an equal amount of rest and preparation and mindset and, and the gratitude that comes along with, wow, I've gotten here because of all of this training or effort I've put in. Similarly, I feel like in real estate, I, the only way I can really track success beyond the numbers that most people would uh, directly correlate to a successful year or a win in business based on revenue because i don't look at people as a dollar amount i think so many people i hear a number of units or number of transactions or a number of gross sales or gross revenue and while those things are important because the the language of love and business is numbers okay so we we get that but at the same token if you're a relationship-based business a service-based business then it's kind of the three and thirty rule have you heard that before where if I do a good job for someone in my industry, I'm hoping in their lifetime, they'll keep me in mind for three people. But Titus, if you wanted to shop around and get a you know a good barber, you know, because you have a beautiful head of hair and you, you wanted to have a slit, you know, you want to have it right. If someone did a bad job for you, seriously, you're going to tell 30 people probably, you know. So I really want to rest on like having three good people. So it's a referral-based business. So that's the way I track and measure the success, the percentage of how many people have kept me in mind over the years and spoke up and said, you know, go, go give Mike a call, have a cup of coffee with him, talk with him. He'll help you through um, what you're going through right now. So really what I really enjoy these days, a successful year in my opinion is how many families did I remove the stress out of their life and help them troubleshoot 
when they needed to build a home, but they have the stress and anxiety of the need to sell their property. The troubleshooting with, I'm going through an unfortunate separation. I have several kids in the mix. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. How do I even begin to consider selling my home when you know this situation is where I'm at in my lifetime? So really hearing that message and consulting, it's those meaningful situations every year that keep me going. The first time home buyer that says, you know, I just don't know where to begin. My credit score, I've been working on it, but is that enough? Can I even buy a home during this time period? And consulting and guiding from a troubled situation, easing their mind, and then allowing to consult them from start to finish. So when we take a picture outside of the house and they're smiling, they're feeling good. That was, that was a happy moment, but no one saw the backdoor conversations from start to get them that place. Sometimes it's years in the making. And so I just admire really the true hero of the story are the clients that have to go through and undergo the loan process and dealing with the stress of the inspection and the repairs. And if you're a seller and how do you price things? And they're the really true hero of the story. We're just there to guide and consult. But ultimately the clients we represent and serve, in my mind, that's a successful year if we can help as many people to troubleshoot these, these hard, difficult decisions um, and help them win. Yeah. Uh, Solutions in the Huddle, we're, we're talking to Mike Hagee, author, uh, business owner, broker in charge at Pridemore Properties right here in Huntersville, North Carolina. Michael, um, or Mike, you've got, um, you've got a wife and you've got, you said 200 kids, is that right? You know, 205 if you're counting, but uh, I'm glad there's... <laughs> is it four? Is that the number four, three? Four kids, absolutely. 18, 18, 18 almost 14. 18 to three though. Yeah, at five and three. So eight, three to 18. So you're blessed. I know your wife. She's sweet. She's such a nice person, man. And she works in the business with you. Is that right? She does. Yeah. So, uh, so Tammy and I work together in the North office here. Uh, we have a, a team of, you know, 10 agents. Uh, Megan is our licensed assistant that works on the team as well. Uh, as a broker in charge, you know, we also have a South Park office. It's a different broker in charge, but it's my business partner, Scott. We have 25 agents there. Uh, so collectively, a small boutique independent brokerage. We're not affiliated with a large franchisee, um, and we like that because we're independently thinking, but also we're very forward thinking. We look at these technological tools and advances that we can bring back to the agents and try to help them grow their book of business you know, organically over time. So very blessed to be a part of what we're growing here, and, and having my wife stand alongside has been an amazing blessing. For those out there that say, I don't know if I can work my wife, Titus. I'm not sure. You are proof in the pudding, my friend, uh, that it could be done. And you do it so well. And, you know, I try to follow that same model while working with my wife. We work together, raising the kids as well as just collaborating on a daily basis. And you know, so blessed to have that, you know, be the case. That's awesome. Hey, we want to say just a quick thank you to our sponsors, the folks that help make this show possible. Our good friends at uh, Easy Living Technologies, they do amazing work. They bring audio and video to your home and your business. Um, our great friends at Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, they get your car on the road and they keep it there. And lastly, Business Leaders Unleashed, a really premium networking opportunity, uh, networking's next level. We appreciate them. Uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about what it is to juggle the entrepreneurial business owner and leader role with the dad and husband role, and also uh, being a friend and a part of the community. I mean, there's parts where there's overlap, right? We do service projects, we do community event projects because we care, because we want to give back. There's also a marketing part of that. There's also a making sure that we show people who we are, right? And not be uh, what, I, what I say is the worst kind of agent, a secret agent, right? That's what the whole real estate world says. So you, you do all those things, but how in the world do you juggle 
you're a person of faith, you're a husband, you're a father, you just said that you're the broker in charge of 10 agents, uh, and then you volunteer at, I don't know, 3,000 different things around the community. How, how, do you, how do you juggle that? Because I listen to clients all the time, Mike, they just go, man, I don't have time. Oh, I'm so busy. And then when I find out what they're doing, I go, you're doing nothing. What do you mean? You're, what, you have nothing going on. Wait until you listen to the show when I bring Mike on. And then you'll actually know what it is to have a full plate. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe how you prioritize and organize and juggle the different aspects and slices of your world? Well, there's lots of slices. And uh, certainly I think when you priority, when you, you first have to identify what your priorities are and what your goals are. And if they're not written down and you're not reminding yourself of what those written goals are, then how do you know if you're ever tracking and measuring to get to that progress? How do you know? So first is it'd be identifying those parties. For me, it's uh, God, family, um, and it's, you know, it's our, our business and our fitness, our health. All those things are very important. So carving the time, it's first allowing the schedule uh, to put in the big rock items of week, based on a weekly basis. And uh, it's kind of the Stephen Covey, as you well know, <laughs> the concept that is, it's an old principle I've used for many, many years. But if it's important to you, you schedule it. And if you schedule it, you try to show up. Uh, unless something major happens, then if you're if it's your time at 5.30 in the morning or 6 a.m., in my case, to hop on a Peloton or a CrossFit class, then by golly, I'm up early to prepare for that moment, and then I'm there and I'm present. Uh, so you can be sometimes so fixated on the future that you're, you forget the present. Yeah. And if you don't remember the past, where you came from, you don't remember how hard it took to get you to where you're at. And so you have to kind of keep those moving fluid pieces together and so that brings you to the next piece on the calendar where you have your big rock items. And then if you're imagining a glass, and I happen to have a bottle here, so you can imagine visually, you put the big boulders in for the week, and then you basically fill it up with sand, you know, and you fill up the sand, uh, you know, and it, it filters through all the rocks, and those are the things that are fillers. You know they're important. Uh, you got to get them done in order to keep your business moving forward, your family moving forward, your priorities moving forward. Um, and then at some point you say, that's a pretty full bottle titles. I don't know if I could really, I've got air, <laughs> I've got the big rocks and I've got the sand. Well, if something's truly important, it still needs to move the list forward and using checklists and processes that are a part of that. Then if you imagine there's still a little bit of gap, you fill up with water, mm. then you're at hundred percent. And then at some point when you have the basics filled up and your cup runneth over, hopefully you're at that place in your life and your business where you have significance. Yeah. And you can't have significance to give out to the world and the community and charitable giving. Um, and, and Dave Ramsey talks about baby step number seven. It's the most exciting one to get to that place of generosity and, you know, giving. But ultimately, as the cup runneth over, you need the stability first. You got to manage your house and your priorities first. And then as that bleeds into other places, then at some point you start giving significance. So it is a priority of a progress. So it depending on where you're at in that fluidity, if you will, a baby step one, if you're using the Dave Ramsey model, or if you're just trying to better understand the priority. For me, it's about what are my priorities, what do I need to get done for this week, and then not yielding, making sure those are in and those, those are absolutely going to happen. Um, so just when you think there's not much more, remember that example of putting water in the cup after the boulders are in and after the sand is in, and you might find there's a little bit more wiggle room to give. Uh, David Goggins puts it this way. Most people live at 40%. Wait a minute. Did he say 40%? He said 40%, which means if you really examine it, we have much, much, much more in the tank to give if we really dig deep. 
Yeah, I believe that. I, I mean, you know, there's no doubt. I believe we're all created um, out of great materials. The ingredients that God uses when he makes this meal, uh, pretty good. He's not skimping out. You know what I mean? He, he went and got really great, fresh, amazing ingredients. But we all share those ingredients. So we might have different opportunities and different uh, experiences and, and different doors that open uh, or doors that don't open for us. But at the end of the day, I believe what you said, that, that we all have a little bit more than we think we have in the tank. And what, what humanity is capable of is really impressive. You know, I would imagine that if you go back 200 years and you tell folks we're going to touch a really thin uh, piece of plastic and be able to call China, you know, or, or, or play my mom playing uh, a candy crush, you know, I, I, um, I just don't think that they would have believed you. They would have thought you were crazy, but, but nearly 60 years ago, just over 60 years ago, we put people on the moon. Hmm. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I'd love for you to give some advice because your area of expertise really is real estate. I think you could, you could take some of those principles and spread them across any industry because a lot of your, your talent, your skill, your leadership ability is really cross, uh, it crosses over quite nicely. But in real estate, what do you say to some of the agents that are listening? Some of the, uh, the folks maybe that are thinking about getting into real estate or maybe they're their first couple of years in. So I, I have two questions. That's my first one. What do you say to the people that are, that are interested in real estate or maybe they, they went somewhere and they're not happy right now? And they're thinking about get throwing in the towel because I think real estate has one of the worst turnover rates. Uh, it just people they can't make it to year three. Um, so speak to that, and then and then I want to talk to you about industry disruptors, which is a big deal for real estate. Uh, but let's start off with the agents. What are we saying to these folks that are thinking about getting in, or they got it and they go, "Gosh, I can't. I barely got one or two houses out my first year." I'd say that. Keep in mind that 80% in the first year will be gone. So I'm going to speak to the 20% because I want you to first believe that you are worthy to be in the 20%. If you really believe that and you believe you went into business for the why because of it wasn't just an easy, quick thing or it wasn't a get rich XYZ. It was a, a business that you fell in love with, that you really enjoyed. For me, it started with that love with looking at houses and looking at investments and you know, getting into the investment, I love the number side of it and putting together those spreadsheets on ROI, uh, even today helping builders and developers find a piece of dirt, develop that, represent them all the way through the process and then help them with a full sales cycle project. That to me excites me, it gets me going in the, in the morning. So you still find your passion, your why, even at year one, it might be, I'm just learning how to help a first time home buyer. And in this current environment, you're having to pivot where some for the better, the Zoom that we're doing right now, it could be perceived for the foreseeable future, a much more efficient way to connect with people, where if you're at your home and you're in your pajamas, we could be talking about your next place to call home, as opposed to taking off work, driving across town, sitting somewhere noisy, and you know, hoping I've got a shot at really understanding the whole process. So we think Zoom virtual seminars are you know, going forward, a great way to conduct business, a great way to connect to people at scale, and uh, it's a great way to, as we're doing now, connect with an audience that is listening, digesting, and hopefully putting into implement these practices. Um, so I'd say that the one piece is if you're always willing to learn and you seek out that knowledge beyond where you're currently at in your current circle. So your current circle might not have a lot of resources. You can't say the environment you're in is the only con conduit of success. It's a part of it. 
But if you're, I've seen agents at all walks at all kinds of brokerages that have had different levels of success. And it's not so much the brokerage that they're affiliated with that will land them the highest net success. It's their individual and how hungry and how willing they are to reach out for information. And if you're not getting it from where you're at, you might consider making a change, but you might consider the grass is greener where you water it. And you might consider that maybe it starts with where you're at and then maybe it starts with seeking out some great resources information. So I know for us personally, Scott and myself both included, we seek out some of the top real estate coaches in our industry, uh, you know, from Inman, from, you know, the, the, the top brokerages in the world. And we network with them because whether they're in Charlotte or not, they're hungry and they're willing to learn and they share. They're hungry, they're willing to learn and they share. And there's something powerful where you never lose sight of 15 years in the business, Scott, 25 years in the business. It would be easy if you're established to say, well, I've got my platform. But the thing about it is on year one, I was exactly the same way as I am today. Yeah, I was hungry. I was willing to learn. And I was willing to share. Even if I didn't have it all pieces together, I knew where to point someone to say, well, Scott's really got it figured out. Or this person's a foreclosure expert. Let me go talk to him to learn that segment of the business. And you, you start realizing that I need to put together pieces of people that are experts in their subfields within the context of real estate. So I don't pretend to know everything about the real estate game or practice, but I'm always learning, of course. So if there's a commercial piece, when I went back from my master's degree, part of my work that I did was in the commercial space because I wanted to better understand the retail space. I went to better understand if I wanted to go into the CCIM designation and go down that path. So a part of the path of just learning and growing is seeking out that information. If I'm not getting it where I'm at, I'm looking inward to say, what other, can, what other places can I go to research this so I have a better handle? Fortunately, YouTube is one of the best ways to learn. It's free, it's quick, you get it on your phone, and it's endless. So you, know, you can learn a lot, and then you have to know where to go. And in an area we've talked about before that is drowning in information, Titus, there are people, agents alike, that are starving for wisdom. Sure. So at the end of the day, it's finding someone that you can really connect with and at least from Scott and I's journey, we like being involved in the business and the practice so that we're current and we're fresh. Uh, we also consider these to be unique opportunities we can drive to our team. Uh, we're a unique outfit in that respect, but finding someone that you, that you like, you trust, you admire, um, and you really have a chance to say, how can I help you know, where I'm at and how can they help me get where I want to go? And you need to have someone that will mentor and guide and train and the agents we bring on, you know, personally uh, at Pridemore Properties, we look, there's, a, there's two different sections of agents. There's a camp that say, what can you give to me? And what type of leads are you going to give me? Compared to the people that say, what kind of learning can I, can I learn from? Or what, what type of mentorship or training do you offer? And the camp that we firmly believe are the long-term successful agents, if they're resourceful, are the ones that want to learn, that are hungry, willing to learn, and put themselves out there. Um, now there's technical components that someone can learn along the way. How do I shoot a video? <laughs> How do I get photos for a listing? Yes, all those things are important. They're very specific tactical things, but the mindset and going into it with a game plan, that's really critical on the front end. So if someone's frustrated in the front end, I would say, you know, you have to keep in mind that sometimes it's a long-term play and whatever you do now, it's 90 day cycle. So if you're doing nothing, and there's a life pre-COVID, 
There's a life during COVID, and we're starting to see, and hopefully soon, a life after COVID. And I promise you there will be. So this post-COVID world for the agents, and there's a lot of them, I believe, have truly tied as a furlough themselves. They have to consider the activities I did. If I'm doing nothing today, what did I do 90 days before? Hmm. If I didn't do anything 90 days before, then it's not shocking if you follow that as a trajectory where their business would flatten. Yeah. So even through the holidays, one of the best times of year, and I utilize the last quarter in so many ways, I really double down on the messaging we're connecting with clients, the game planning for next year. I'm already thinking of Q1 in September. Mm. So the investments in people and events and ideas and community events and everything we're doing, we double down on activities in the last quarter when most people are taking their foot off the brake. So fortunately, that's led to a really strong first quarter this year, irrespective of COVID. Um, and then during COVID, really, it's, it's the care calls, you know, reminding people that you're there, that you're present, that you really do care. It's offering to go to the grocery store and get med you know, medication for an elderly person that might be in your database or someone that you care for. It might be someone in your family that you need to go out and you know, bring something to. But if you genuinely care and you come from that place, man, there's nothing in the world that can stop you in my mind. But you have to get outside of our own way and realize there's people out there in need and try to find that need and fill it. Yeah, you know, I, I man, I, I don't know that I could have said any of that better. So, so agree with everything that you just said. Uh, I think these are practical strategies. These are, these are things that are not really um, stretching the realm of what's of what's so within your your grasp as a professional human um as we come towards the close here here of our interview so much great information so much wisdom so much motivation from you what would you um i i want to get your perspective just on the leadership side so so take the real estate side away for a moment you lead 10 agents now my experience in coaching you know i see that agents say that they're hungry but there is a significant amount of them that come late, leave early, and don't put it into practice. Maybe that's why, 80, to your point, you said 80% aren't going to be here. Um, how in the world do, do you lead uh, a group of people that are um, a different demographic, right? So, so there's different challenges with someone who leads maybe a group of people that are all making minimum wage. That's a challenge in and of itself, right? Maybe there's the challenge of uh, the majority of your folks are college students. But in your case, you've got this wide net of age and gender. Um, real estate doesn't discriminate. I mean, it is open to everyone. So you're having to provide leadership to every spectrum of the human experience. And it's also an industry that has a significant amount of folks that say they're interested in it, but then, you know, uh, they come late. And when I, when I do classes, Mike, your people come late, they leave early. They don't come to the second session. And when I go, did you do the stuff between what we talked about last and now? They go, well, how are, <laughs> how are you leading that segment? Because I'm not making this up. Yeah. I mean, this is true. You know this uh, uh, about um, it. So how are you leading? How are you, what, what, what are you diving into in your leadership tool bag? I think the, the biggest thing from a leadership and a broker owner perspective and the management leadership role is I look at it and I've heard this before many times you have to that that's teaching training entrepreneurs and specifically real estate agents for 1099 uh, contractors, not employees. The only thing you really can do is provide 
um, is like herding cats, provide more value on you know, putting milk on the table. And the goal is to get, herd the cats to the milk and then provide that value metaphorically. Um, I think really it's meeting people where, where they're at um, and getting to the why of, you know, there's so much misconception even right now that, you know, gosh, uh, you know, with COVID, I'm just not sure if people can buy and sell a home. And, you know, looking at the local market stats gives hope because every week people are moving forward and they found a way to do it. And agents are tenacious. Out of a hundred plus year old industry, we have weathered some times, let me tell you, as an industry. And one thing that's amazing to me is constantly reinventing ourselves, even marketplace disruptors, even with, and most of it is comes down to mindset and motivation and methodology. And that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to where they start with their mind. Then it comes down to what am I thinking about? What are my activities? And, you know, a one-on-one -on -one basis, we're looking at unraveling what is their why. Why are they doing what they're doing? I mean, why do you open any business and put yourself, you know, versus just trading time for money? I mean, that's that's a job that you could do that anywhere. Um, so really unraveling, what, what, why did you get in the business to begin with and keeping that in the forefront of their mind? And there are those, I will say, that this is a part-time hustle. You know, it's, a, it's you know, I, I don't have to do this. I just enjoy it. It's kind of fun. You have other folks that are similarly reasons, but they're in related businesses already. They're a general contractor by trade or they're a stager by trade or they're in the industry, but they just like to do it and thought, well, maybe I'll just kind of get my real estate license. I'm not speaking to those. I'm to, th those are great. And they're, they're you know, full of our industry and they can provide value in their own different ways. What I'm talking about are the folks that really want to grow a successful practice and want to scale and they want to maintain and they want to have um, you know, real estate practice that hopefully they have leadership within their own team. And if they're in that mindset of growth, they realize they can't stay in the stagnant pond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, it first starts with the old crabs in the bucket. And you realize there's two crabs in a bucket. The one crab wants to go. He's at the top. But there's always somebody out there that's going to reach up, grab him by the hind, and pull him down. And there's always those in the industry. And there's always those in their family. And what I found is that certain people have their own motivation and why. And it starts with an intrinsic, inherent, I want to do more. I want to do better. I want to do this because of this reason. If I can get to the heart of that as a leader, then it's not pushing a button at that point. That's not manipulation. It's encouragement in the right direction. Manipulation would be for one's own self gain. Encouragement would be, I've found a strong enough reason, Titus, that gets them out of bed in the morning, lights them up, says, hello, let me take on the world. I'm blessed, I'm grateful, let me attack the day. And when you have that kind of gazelle intensity, you know, and you're after it, man, you have some crystal clear clarity and that's what it takes. It takes that kind of clarity to say, where am I going? How am I going to get there as fast as possible? So does that clarity, does that clarity and focus help with some of these disturb uh, industry disruptors? Right. <laughs> um, cause, cause it, it's easy to give up. It's easy to just go, God almighty. You know, every time I take one step forward, something's pushing me back three steps back. These industry disruptors, you know, whether it be a new brokerage, right? You know, there, there's a big new shiny place to go hang my license um, or, or it's some of this digital and online stuff that, that, that marginalizes um, the, the, the real estate agent, to be quite honest. I think I've said this to you off air. You know, I actually went through real estate school and, and passed the test and did all that stuff. Ne never went into real estate, um, but, I, but it allowed me to have a perspective so that I could maybe coach and teach and love all of those wonderful people. But one of the things that was so beautiful to come out of that experience 
is I think the world looks at a real estate agent and goes, eh, I don't need them. And then you go through and you go, are you crazy? Of course you need them. Like there's so many layers of importance that the agent does for you. It, it, you know, and, and so the, my encouragement to anyone listening is if you're going to list your home, if you're going to buy your a home and you're not engaged with a real estate agent, you are, you are setting yourself up for pain and anguish. And if you think you're saving 3%, 6%, you're, you're paying 10% to save 3%. It's a horrible idea. So the world marginalizes agents and I could see why they lose heart. And these disruptors are probably not helping that, right? No, they erode. Um, I mean, that's a great perspective. And I, I can appreciate you going through the classes and the coursework and it, it qualifies you as a unique perspective. In addition, all the many merits you provide as a leader to your organization, to your people, you love on them, you care for them, and you're all about, you know, coming to this place of immense value. And you do that willingly, you do it consistently, and you bring in other people that have the same messaging and the same inspiration. So I love that about you and, and the group. And so one of those things with, with an agent in general and with the marketplace disruptors, there's so much erosion um, to the value of an agent and they're chipping from all different places and a lot of different places. And the one thing that to keep in mind and not lose heart is that no one can replace a machine cannot replace a relationship. Mm. There's always a percentage of people that are going to hire based on price. In fact, on average, it's about 15%. Mm. I'm not looking to work with the 15% that want, so I'd rather spend my energy on the other segment of population that is looking for guidance that's looking for, um, you know, consultation that is, because a machine cannot replace those earlier examples I gave of the first time home buyer not understanding how to buy a home yeah. or someone going through a difficult situation and, you know, they need to understand what a free trader agreement is in a divorce situation. Just mm. uh, someone that's very tactical, um, you know, or technical rather. I, I, I hear you, I hear you referencing an experience. Like the, yes. the app is not going to provide the experience to me. No. It's yeah. not. And just, you know, I was showing houses early today. And the first thing we do, the, the buyer's looking right at the front door. They're walking in the door. And I said, you know, I like this house, but I think it needs a roof. It needs a roof. <laughs> because they're laser beam focused on the front door and the beautiful hedges and this amazing look. But an eight to $12,000 roof, depending on the slope and the, the gables and the hips and the dormers and, you know, all of those variables that go into a per foot cost analysis. You know, you say, oh my gosh, well, there's the value of an agent. Not because it's me, Titus, but because we've been around the block to see is we don't get caught up in a shiny new thing or a shiny new hedges or the smell goods when you walk into a house. We're looking at the home as its entirety. Mm. You know, what's going to impact resale? What's going to be, and, and, and just an app or an algorithm or a Zestimate can't give a fluidity of evaluation on a property. Or if you're buying a home, can't point out that roof. So it's, it's the experience that an agent gives and is much needed uh, for a hand holding through the process of buying or selling a home. And that's why an agent is not going anywhere. Uh, to be honest with the market tightening up, it's very interesting. We've been predicting this for a few years that when or if the market cools just a little bit, because we've been in such a bullish run, that froth at the top of buying homes cash below market with a convenience fee and an undisclosed repair amount that they hit up with later, <laughs> that froth is how they make their dollars. That gets very razor thin. And that's exactly what happened during this time. All of the home buyers paying cash, guaranteed offer, pause button. Can't do it right now, people. We need an agent again. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? 
that never dried up. It's just that segment of population that needed, I need it right now because of XYZ variable or I'm in the 15% category. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I'm going to, I'm going to give us a, uh, I'm going to tell a little story to close out the show. But before I do that, uh, what's the contact information, right? Because I can't imagine someone's going to listen to you. Or again, we're talking to Mike Hagee with Pride More Properties in Huntersville, Lake Norman, serves Charlotte, the whole area. I can't imagine they're going to listen to you and then go, no, I'm probably not going to buy and list with this guy, right? They're in love with you. And so how, what, what's the website, email address, phone number? How can people stay connected with you? Uh, to either ask a question or have you be a, a part of the team that helps put their family in the home of their dreams. Well, I appreciate all opportunities and, and I'm happy. There is no, absolutely no obligation to have an additional conversation. And we help people that are in different markets all over the country. So if you're listening to this in a different area and you're wanting some specific advice for your market, we've got a phenomenal network of resources all across all 50 states and internationally. So if there's resources are needed, I'm here to contact at my personal cell, 704-491-9445, call or text, or you can visit www.mikehege.com. That's M-I-K-E-H-E-G-E.com. I love it. 704-491-9445. Guys, make sure you do that. Hey, I want to just tell a quick little story, uh, a word of advice I could give to some of those agents or just the, 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 the producers out there that are struggling, right? That are saying, man, I'm not at all these transactions that Mike's at. And and how do I how do I deal with it? So here's a cool story, Mike. Maybe you'll like this. Uh, a couple frogs go walking in the woods, right? And uh, uh, I don't know. They're, they're paying attention to all the stuff in nature. You know, there's all these different distractions going on. And out of nowhere, there's this giant hole in the middle of the ground. They don't even see it coming. They fall into the hole. And it's a deep hole, so they're at the way, 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 way bottom. Now, these are frogs, right? So that one of their superpowers is jumping. Like they're really good at jumping. Shouldn't be a problem, right? You just jump right out of the hole. But the hole is so deep, these two frogs can't quite seem to figure out how to jump out. Now they try, and they try really, really, really hard. And frogs, you know, they're not uh, big things. They're small. So those little muscles are starting to burn up pretty bad. And, and they're making some commotion as their hands and feet are smacking around inside this hole in the ground. And, and a few other frogs happen to overhear this commotion and they come over and they don't fall in uh, because the commotion they look in and, uh, and they see the two frogs jumping and jumping and jumping. Uh, you can almost see the chest on the little frogs beating so heavily because they've been jumping so hard for so long and their little fingers uh, just barely get to the top, but not quite there. And after uh, these two frogs up top, they look down, they go, well, gosh, we can't help them because we'll get stuck down there as well. And they try, they make an attempt, but ultimately they can't figure out how to help them. So they look at each other from up top and they go, man, I hate to give this advice, but maybe you should stop. Maybe you should just quit jumping. You know, like, like your heart's about to blow up. At least enjoy the last 10 seconds of life. Like rest, put your head down. And that's the advice they give these two. They literally scream down. They wave their hands. They go, stop, stop. Your legs are burning. Your heart's about to explode. This is probably the last 30 seconds of life for you. Breathe make peace with your maker, right? Don't, don't keep jumping. And so one of the frogs actually takes the advice, Mike. They actually stop jumping. Little heart's beating out of his chest. He beats his last couple little beats, takes his last little cute little heart breath, and he goes into peace. And the other frog doesn't do that, though. The other frog continues to jump, ignoring what they're saying as they continue to wave him off and say, just stop. What are you doing? You see your brother right next to you stopped, and yeah, you know, the last couple seconds of his life were at least peaceful. <laughs> Somehow this frog who doesn't stop, his little fingers get to the very edge and he pulls himself up 
after another dozen jumps after his brother stopped jumping. The frogs look at him and they go, are you insane? Like, are you crazy? We told you to stop. Did you not see us? Did you not hear us? And the frog looks him right in the face and just goes, I'm deaf. <laughs> I can't even hear. But he could see their lips now because he was standing next to them. And he goes, I thought when I saw your hands, I thought you were cheering for me to not stop. I thought you were screaming, don't give up. I thought you were telling me to be the best version of myself and not to quit and to keep jumping, even if it meant my heart would blow up. <laughs> and then what happens is the three of them walk and go back home. And so I want to say to all of the folks out there that think maybe I ought to give up, maybe I ought to stop, maybe I ought to just lay it down. I think what Mike said was the activity you're doing today, you'll see dividends from 90 days from now. If you're doing nothing and you pack it up and you give it up and you lay it down, uh, that's going to be what you should expect to have 90 days from now. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to pass that word of encouragement that uh, sometimes you ought to go deaf. Sometimes you ought to not hear all the negativity, whether it's coming from outside your head or inside your head. Um, with that, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I am so blessed to know you, to call you a friend. And I encourage everyone, 704-491-9445. Get to know Mike. Let him be a part of uh, the next steps you make in real estate. Titus, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you as always. Hey, guys, Titus Bartolotta here, your host for Solutions from the Huddle. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. And if you want to stay involved and engaged in the show, be sure to check out all major podcast channels by searching for Solutions from the Huddle. Thanks again for your support. We hope you come back.